in? Praise God forever. Hallelujah. I'm glad that you're here. What day is it? Oh, yeah, it's Sunday, but I, I mean, what day, day? The 28th. How many more days is that to the 5th? How many? Eight? Good. Phyllis is going to be 79. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Let's turn our Bibles today. I'm so excited about the things that we're going to be talking about. Let's go to Matthew 13, 24. Matthew 13, 24. Now, I'm going to be taking it a little slow and reading some scriptures today because this is the very fundamental, fundamental, fundamental activity of the kingdom of God. It seems foolish, but it is the very basis of what you and I extract from the kingdom of God into our life. Remember last week that we talked that even though you may be ignorant of a law like electricity, we talked about a paramedic that was uh, helping at a car accident and a wire had fallen and people were scurrying around and so the people on the squad just thought that the wire was dead, had no power. Well, on his way out, him and another paramedic bringing someone out got too close to the wire. And the wire arced from that bare wire and hit that young man, killed him instantly, and put his friend into critical care. Now, he did not understand electricity, but just because you don't understand something doesn't mean that it does not work. And when it comes to words that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, I know some people, like Randy said, well, I, I know that maybe you don't believe in words, but wars are started with words. Divorces are started with words. Relationships are started with words. Words are supernatural containers. And we know that they can have life or death. You get to choose. And so we're going to talk about today, we talked about last week how that the Bible says that there is no word, no voice that is coming to man's mind that is without significance. In other words, there is no word that comes without looking for an advantage. And we looked at that word significant. It means like a threshold. Every word is a threshold. It opens a door to something. It opens a door to demonic powers, and it opens the door to godly powers. And so when words are spoken, we repeat those words if we are not aware 
or if we are not skillful in using our faith, using the knowledge that we have, understanding what will take place, and not having the wisdom to activate them, you and I will become our worst enemies. Remember that the Bible says though, the tongue can deliver a ship from a storm. But without a rudder or without words, without a tongue, a ship is simply drifting at the sea. That may be why a lot of us are unsatisfied, that we are less than joyful, that we are less than solid, whole, healthy, strong people because we have been cursing ourselves and taking us into ports that you and I are not supposed to be into. We, we hear people talk negatively all the time, even Christians, even though they say they know, they don't know. They just think that if they didn't mean it, it won't come to pass. Now, I'm not telling you that, well, you know, if you say, oh, that tickled me to death. I'm not saying you're going to drop dead, but I am saying that you need to get a hold of your tongues and really expect that what you say will happen. Amen? Hallelujah. So Matthew, the 13th chapter and verse 24 says this, and another parable he put forth unto them, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. And while he slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade sprang, was sprang up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. And so the servants of the household came and said unto him, See, didst thou not sow good seed into thy field, and whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. And we go, should we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, least while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also some of the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, in the time of the harvest, and I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now out of that we see two important things, that words are seeds, seeds. What is a seed? A seed is a container. It really doesn't matter what is on the outside of the seed. It matters what's on the inside of the seed. And so you could have a covering of a corn and stick a soybean in there, and if you put it in the ground, what would it grow? Soybean, absolutely, because it's what's inside the seed. So what is a seed? A seed is a doorway to a harvest. 
And even though you may not believe in the sowing process, you understand that it works. It works in the kingdom of God. It works in the natural world that we live in. And it works or releases the kingdom of the enemy, the kingdom of darkness. Jesus said the enemy sowed this. So you can be sowing good seeds, but people that are around you can also help defile your fields of purity. You know, the Bible says if any two agree upon touching something. Folks, we should not be speaking opposite of the people that we know that are speaking one thing or believing something. We ought to agree with them. Amen? Praise God. So we want to get in and we want to come together and we want to make sure that we don't say stuff because where did you get your thought? It certainly didn't come from God because love would never say anything negative. So anything negative has to be coming from the adversary and all he's doing is looking for a seed sower to sow into somebody's life. So we need to watch what we say about people. You know, boy, they're never going to get saved. What type of language is that? Loser language. Foolish language. Limited language. God can save anybody. And so, we want to make sure that we don't sow seeds into other people's lives. Boy, that kid's a handful. <laughs> so are you. You know, you don't want to say that kind of stuff. Wherewith do we bless God and curse man? We want to be careful. Amen? Now let's look down at verse 31. And it says, in another parable he put forth, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it, is, when it grows, it is the greatest among the herbs, or the herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now what does that mean? Words seem so insignificant, yet they create an ecosystem of their own. If you go onto the internet and look up mustard seed, then look at the tree that it grows. It creates a whole ecosystem that creates a place for birds to dwell. It creates good soil underneath because of bird droppings and so forth but it creates this ongoing ecosystem that it supports itself. See, when we think that words are insignificant, we just throw them around. 
We throw them around. We think they're not doing anything. But even though you said it once, now I'm not trying to get it legalistic. Well, I, you know, somebody told me one time, oh, don't call your kids kids. They'll be goats. I thought, I'm about to call you something that you already are too. Now, I don't think that you should become so legalistic that you can't talk to people, but you ought to be aware of what you're sowing into people's lives. Amen? And so we want to make sure that we watch the seeds that we sow. And do you remember that Jesus said that if you had mustard like a, a seed, a mustard seed, if you had faith like that, you could speak to the sycamine tree and it would be cast into the sea. So you begin to see the potential of words. If you had a seed and you put faith in it and you spoke it, it affects the world that you live in. Amen? Absolutely. Next time you get pulled over by a policeman, say, what are you doing today, pig? And let's see how far your conversation goes. Well, you're wiser than that. You wouldn't say that, and they don't deserve to be said that. You got pulled over. There's no sense in arguing. He's already got the evidence on the gun that he's carrying that catches your speeding or whatever it is. Just give it up, thank him, bless him, and go on. Amen? Then pay it before your wife finds it. Now, let's, let's go to Luke 8.11. Luke 8.11. Remember we're talking about seeds, their potential, and the power or the door that they have to release things in this earth. Remember, the enemy can sow a seed and begin to defile a man's field. You can sow good seed to have a good harvest. You can sow words that seem insignificant, yet they are filled with so much power that they can transform the landscape where you plant them. In other words, you say, oh, I don't believe God was really talking about a tree. Well, we aren't going to talk about your unbelief. We're going to talk about the faith of God. And I believe that God said we could speak to mountains. Then I believe that we can speak to mountains. Amen? And uh, so I believe that. Mark, I'm sorry, Luke 8, 11. Ah, there you are. Now the parable is this. The seed is the what? Now, where do seeds come from? We know that seeds come from the enemy. We read that, Matthew, the 13th chapter. Words come to men's mouths or they come in thought form. And then thoughts are processed into words. And words are seeds. But you and I are able to change human life 
by sowing the Word of God. Sowing the Word of God. And it doesn't matter how bad the ground or so forth, you just keep sowing the seed. Amen? Jeremiah 17.10 says this, The Lord searches the heart. He tries the reins. And He gives to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. In other words, God makes sure you reap what you sow. Then Romans 2, 6 says, God will render to every man according to his deeds. What you say is going to come back either to bring good fruit or evil fruit. You've heard this old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Now that was stated in a Methodist paper in Africa about 250 years ago. And it has stuck with all types of people that have used it. But let's go to Galatians 6-7. I told you I'm laying a foundation here so that we as Christians can start using the Word of God skillfully. Skillfully. You know, you can't just take, if I gave you a, an, a piece of corn, Phyllis, and I said, here, plant this, would it do you any good? Really? Yeah. Really. It wouldn't do any good by itself because it has to be pollinated by another. Just run around with me, I'll teach you something, sweetheart. And, uh, you know, most seeds need to be pollinated by something. Galatians 6, 7 says this, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, he shall also, what? Is God faithful? And then it says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Notice that you can sow seeds that have to do out of your flesh, your emotions. Well, I'm just telling you what's on my mind. Keep all of the mind that you have. Because nobody wants it, and you need all you have. But sometimes we just speak our mind. Now, we really don't believe that it means anything. But the Bible said, don't be deceived. You are going to reap what you sow. If you sow up out of your flesh, your emotions, your anger, which every Christian is told not to do, but if you do, it will come back in a form of a harvest. There's nothing hid that's not going to be revealed. 
So whenever you say, hey, just between us, know who you're talking to is a blabberskite. In other words, into the ear, out of the mouth. So just know, and if they've told you a secret, they're going to tell everybody your secret. And so we sometimes get out of our emotions. We say things that God totally forbids. Don't speak against the leadership of the nation. Don't speak against an elder. Don't hear an accusation against your pastor. Yet we do it all the time. What are we going to talk about at lunch? How about how good the food is? Oh, we never go out for the food. <laughs> then quit going out to gossip, to murmur, to complain. Please, I'm, I'm just telling you. And if you think I'm just pulling your leg, I'm not pulling your leg. We're reading these scriptures for you. Amen? And I'm telling you that because some of our lives are a total mess. Some of our lives have broken friendships. Some of our lives have broken marriages. Some of our lives have induced brokenness into our children. I can tell you where I was standing in my high school, Riverside High School in DeGraff, where a teacher, where I stopped in to tell the principal I was quitting because somebody dared me to quit. So I, being as stupid as stupid is and stupid did what stupid does, I said, I'll bet you I threw my books in and I walked into the principal's office and I said, I'm quitting school. There was another lady there, a teacher. I think it was geography, some, something nonsense, boring, something un... un didn't even need it. I don't know why we even paid her anything. Anyway, she says, well, you might as well quit. You aren't going to make it anyway. I only had like six weeks. But then there was little Miss Williams. She said, Peter, do not quit. You can make it. I know you can make it. Ah, he's not going to make it. And so I turned around and walked out of that principal's office. And stupidity continued to follow me. I joined the Marine Corps. What type of stupidity makes two dumb decisions in one week? Well, I did. So, anyway... These people sowed into my life. Say, but could they have turned it around? A word in due season absolutely could change the season that you had created or that other people had created. Think about the scars that many of us have. Now, we are a little different today. Uh, we're a little more, I think, mindful of our kids, hopefully we are. And we don't talk to our kids like 
our parents used to talk to us. David, did your dad have any pet peeves for you? Any names? Yeah, hallelujah. Phyllis, did your dad ever have any names for you? What? He told you you were ugly. And your mom prophesied that a blind man would come and marry you. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, David, what did your dad say to you? Slick. You ever heard words like, you'll amount to nothing? You know, my dad used to do backflips when I got all D's. He'd say, son, I'm proud of you. But then I'd come home with a black eye, and he'd say, what happened? I'd say, I told the guy, go ahead and take the first swing. He said, you ever do that again, I'll beat you when you get home. So we've all had things said to us, and many of them scarred us. You know, when I first become a Christian and people said, oh, your, your father loves you, I could not even grasp that a father figure would love me. I'd seen him once a month. I knew he'd been home because my mom was pregnant. Fourteen kids, I, I knew it. But I didn't know that he loved me. Then they told me later, well, you were his favorite. I said, man, it had been low on the totem pole. I mean, never talked to you, never did anything. You need a beating or a whacking or a hit, then he gave it to you. But besides that, I never knew what a father was. And we've been scarred. And sometimes scars produce other scars. And so when we say things to our children, go to your room, be quiet. I never let my kid go to her room. When she went to her room and she was mad, we'd go with her. Yeah, we'd just go up and sit on the bed. Dirty little place she lived in. Food, you, you know, you, you could pass out and eat under the bed for a week. And, and, uh, but you know what? I would always call Nikki to the side of my bed every morning and say, Nikki, I love you, darling. Love God and hate sin. Now, we all had things said to us. And sometimes we, out of our emotions, because we don't have control of ourself we say things to our children we think they aren't doing anything but they're building this whole ecosystem of rejection hopelessness insecurities all kinds of stuff is festering in there with those bird droppings. All kinds of things are growing. And if you've said that to your children, the first thing you need to do is repent and apologize. We're not flawless, but we ought to be honest and sincere. 
Amen? Hallelujah. A man who sows to the flesh is going to open up a harvest that will be in his children's lives, maybe only seen behind bars. How about a while back somebody put in my hand this book. I haven't read the book, but they've told me about it. Physical abuse and mental abuse. Do you know how much mental abuse there is in marriages today? You don't say thank you when she cooks your meal. Well, that's what she's supposed to do. <laughs> how about when the house is clean? She never cleans it. Help her. You know, when Phyllis got married, married, Phyllis and I got married, she didn't know how to clean. I told her sisters, come over to our house and teach your sister to clean. And they did. So after the first time she cleaned, she had some hot pants on, and I was throwing milk duds at her, trying to get her attention. Sweets go before a kiss. And she stepped on one of them. She said, there you go, crushing them up all over the floor. Well, that was war zone one. But she did know how to clean because her sisters taught her. She still couldn't cook with the hoot, but she sure looked good. And uh, then, <laughs> so sometimes we say things to our spouses, then we wonder why they have attitudes. Well, they come in from a world that's filled with cussing and discouragement, rejection, you know, pressures of working. You know, you got to uh, meet quota. You got to do all that. And then they come home to your lips of fire and criticism. I don't think it's right. And how is she supposed to love you or be in the mood to make love with that old trash things coming out from under your nose? Listen, I learned long ago before I read the Bible, honey gets more reward than criticism. Hi, baby. Man, you're looking good. Oh, honey, I'm all dirty and sweaty. Oh, you look wonderful, darling. I don't care. She knows what I'm after. Now, we as Christians destroy marriages. Folks, you cannot keep talking down to people, filling their lives with destructive seed and then expect that your relationship is going to have root enough to withstand the storm. You know, you married her, and she married you. Make the best of it. Start saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, 
I love you. The last thing Phyllis hears before she closes the door, I love you, honey. I love you too, baby. Why am I afraid somebody's going to take her at night? Those are only wishes. <laughs> no, she's not going anywhere because she knows I love her. Now the Bible says, now listen, you want the Holy Ghost, how many of you want the Holy Ghost in your house? How many of you want him working in your marriage? How many of you know he needs to be working there? Yeah, all right. Now, do you know that you can grieve the Holy Ghost by sowing wrong seed? Anger, blasphemy, filthy communication, all of those divisive words that you sow, and then you want the Holy Ghost to come and to help your marriage? You can't grieve him and then expect him to work with you. Amen? So we want to make sure that we, as Christians, use words that are filled with love and life. I'm not talking about that you can't jest or joke but you don't want to do it in a hurtful way. You say, well, what about you and Bachelor Phyllis? You aren't us. We're, we're tough. Our emotions are right here in this little round thing. They aren't on our sleeves. We don't walk around like this. Did you look at me, money? I, I didn't like what you said. Are you kidding? I, I would have lasted about three days with Phyllis. And she lasted about three days with me. We had a terrible marriage. And joy and laughter healed it. And that's why we joke with each other. That's why we never get offended at each other. If she would say, honey, I didn't like that, then I'd never say it again. And if I would tell her I didn't like that, she would never say it again. I mean, we are mature people. I mean, we're adults. That, that might be a surprise. We, look, we are adults. We ain't just big babies. We are mommy and daddy, grandma and grandpa. And we don't expect everybody to be perfect just because we're around them. In fact, I prepare for the worst. Why? Because most people encounter me at their worst. So I got to be at my best. I want them to be blessed and encouraged when they leave me. Amen? Hallelujah. So words are seeds. Seeds come from thoughts. Guard your mind. Make sure you get it renewed. Think good about people. Think good about people. And then there is the word of God that we are to put in our mouth. Put it in your mouth. Say what God said about you like Abraham did. Even though it doesn't look possible, 
Just keep saying it. Just say what the Bible says about you. The Bible says you're delivered. Then you say, I'm delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that you're free, then say you're free. The Bible says you're blessed, then say you're blessed. Amen? And then one more thing we have to do is you need to use your seeds to build a hedge about your household. Remember, words are seeds, seeds are doors. If you open it to the devil, he'll come in. You say, oh, but, but it was just one word. That's enough. That's enough. Jesus cast out the devil by the word of God. You know that you have the authority and the right not to give the devil a place. Did you hear me? And you don't have to cave in to the words that he's giving you to say. And so Jesus used the word of God in Matthew 8, 16 and 17, and Jesus cast out devils by the word of God. He preached to the devil. I remember when Phyllis was diagnosed with crippling arthritis. Remember that, Phyllis? She came home. She didn't have one symptom. I said, well, them people don't know what they're talking about. Three days later, Phyllis had every symptom. Every symptom. From that moment on, every morning, we had to pry her arms apart, had to help her on the toilet, had to do all kinds of stuff. She was in so much pain. We laid hands on her. Every day, laid hands on her, loosed the working of miracles, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, broke the power of the devil and preached to him every day. Devil? She doesn't belong to you. She's my wife. She's under my care. She's under my protection. Doesn't matter what she's going through. I'm telling you, she's healed by the stripes of Jesus. Every day, I would preach to the devil. One year later, every symptom was still in her body. She said, honey, I think I should go to the doctor great man of faith I said for what look at yourself so gets to the doctor doctor says I know just what tests to run on you lady my mother has rheumatoid crippling rheumatoid arthritis so he runs the test comes in the office and said who told you you had rheumatoid arthritis. She says, this specialist. He said, well, I've just run every test 
that you can run and there is no evidence of rheumatoid arthritis. Now, she still had every symptom. We took her home with every symptom. Three days later, every symptom left her body. We preach to that devil, and you can cast him out by his words. Remember what the devil said about Job. He's got a hedge about him. Who planted the hedge? Not God. Job planted a hedge. You plant a hedge. You plant it around your kids. You say about your children what God said about his children. God is the shepherd of my sons and my daughters. They do not want. They do not wander from still waters and green pastures. I want to thank you, God, that you have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I thank you, God, Men and women are coming across their path and that God, they're being shared the goodness of God. Well, they've been hurt in the church. Get over it. So was I the first day I come. Get over it. Start speaking about your children. Start speaking about their spouses. Thank you, God, that my Son is marrying a godly, holy, pure, faith-filled, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, prophesying woman. I'm not taking any chances on just who stumbles through the door. Amen? So start planting seeds. Start planting seeds. They'll start growing. Now, what is the seed? It's not the seed of your emotions. Not the seed of your thoughts. And it's not the seeds of the devil. It is the seed of God. Put it in your mouth and sow it. Amen? Sow it. Father, oh, Jesus. God, put a watch upon our mouth. Let our seeds be filled with faith, life, victory, encouragement, grace, mercy. God, let us speak as you have spoke about us. Let us speak, God, of the goodness of the Lord. Let us take the seed of God and sow it. Let us build a hedge about ourselves and our families. God, let blessing abound through our words. Let us speak only good about our brothers and our sisters. We don't need to know their faults and their shortcomings. 
They just need to know that we love them. We care for them. And that our love will cover a multitude of sins. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amy Mitchell here. Oh, come here, Amy. couple that comes from Finley here remember I sang to him one time burn 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 this ring I hallelujah uh, Jared's wife uh, is she here yeah yeah, Alicia, where you at? Oh, she back? Oh, come on up here. No. I was singing a song yesterday. I'm not going to sing it now because I forget how it sung. It sounded pretty good by myself. In fact, I was encouraged. Phyllis wasn't there, and I was just singing. And uh, I was just singing, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Jesus is here with me. And that, if I could sing it today, I would sing it to both of you because you are not alone. There's no place that you've been, no place that you're gone, and no place that you're standing right now. Though you may feel alone, you're not alone. And so the Lord just told me to tell you that you're not alone. I wish I could sing it. Oh, these guys are saying, oh, no, Eric is saying, oh, my God, no, not Pastor. No, hallelujah. So you're not alone. I'm, I'm just telling you. God is with you. You feel like you're alone. You're not alone. And I know that you feel like you're alone. You're not alone. Somebody, just like that fourth man, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, likened to the Son of God. 
And so God is with you. And so you be encouraged. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, thank you, ladies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody have a, 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 a like an infected tooth? Uh, yeah, who's got an infected tooth? Oh, you do, Jane? So you want to keep? Huh? You want to keep it? You want the root canal? No, I don't. You want me to pray for you? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command right now this infected tooth. I command God this whole root system in Jesus Christ's name. I command you to come out of her right now. I curse and deaden this nerve right now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another. Hi, Van. How you doing? No, I tried to go in one of them stores the other day. Phyllis said, you're too young. They won't even let you in that store. I wanted to get some of them shoes with squares on them. I, I thought I could too. But she took off running down the mall and she's the one who got the money. So I, I, I didn't go in. So where's your tooth? Supposed to leave. Well, where were you going? Well, we can go in your stead and you stay home and rest. No. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I curse God right now. All of this infection, this residual God of this infected tooth, I command you right now in the name of Jesus to come out of him, loose him, and God, I thank you for it. Give them favor on this vacation, God. Bless them. Let them return. Rested, God, and blessed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, promise me you won't be running around Cancun with a Speedo. Okay, all right. Just practice. Who else is it? Oh, Bob. What is it on this side? One's on this side and one's back here. All right. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command these infected teeth right now. I command you in Jesus' name to come out of him. Loose him. Oh, God, I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 How's your faith doing, buddy? How's your faith doing? Okay? Is it starting to grow? You think it's growing? I think so too. Listen, one day, God is going to restore that sight. Now, I'm very aggressive. Eric will tell you. My line, the blind up, it just aggravates me. God has a miracle in store for you. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Alrighty, you just keep hearing, you just keep doing. I'm telling you, God is God of miracles. Hallelujah. How you doing, Loretta? I believe that. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. All right, let's stand our feet. Wednesday night, I'm continuing the series on uh, faith revolution. And uh, so come expecting God's going to do lots of great things. I'm telling you, we're just learning so many things about faith, how to use it, how to exercise it, what is needed for it. Is there a Toby here? Toby? If there's a Toby here, wave at, wave your arm. Somebody let me know. Toby, if you're watching me on live stream, I need for you to call or text that number so I can talk to you. Okay? All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you right now. God, for blessing your people. We thank you, God, for the wellsprings of salvation. We thank you, God, for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the glorious, divine nine gifts, God, that you've given us. Now, Father, bless every person, every individual, and every business that is here. And God, I thank you for every person whose ears have heard that God, they will take cautionary measures to speak your word only in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday evening. Oh, wait, I have a baby dedication. Where is it? Uh, Come up here, little baby. Little baby. Hi, Tara. How are you doing? Hi. Corey, is it any noise here? At home? Just a little bit. <laughs> Praise God. Hi, Tara. <laughs> Abigail. Hello, Abigail. I read about you in a book. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now you know this child was given to this couple by God's choice. And he knew that they are related in you and he trusts you. For you know he trusts you and you know he trusts you. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we dedicate ourselves to you to be mentors, friends, guides, influences, God, upon Abigail's life. I pray, God, that you would protect her from all childhood diseases. I ask you, God, that you protect her from all accidents and all types of perversions, God. I ask God that you would guide her by your spirit into the pathways of righteousness. I ask God that you would put a great desire in her heart to always desire you above all. 
I ask God that you would lead her into the courses and the pathways of goodness. Now, God, I ask you in Jesus Christ's name that you would provide for Abigail in every action, every course, everything she puts her hands to, God, that you would keep her. And then, God, I ask that her gifts, her callings, would be seen by us at an early age. And that, God, we will respond with dedication and devotion. God, let us help sharpen her for your glory. And, God, give us the wisdom, the strength, and the due diligence to help Abigail be what you have called her to be. Amen and amen. Okay, Abigail, I gotta have this back. Now, thank you. Is God. Now, we'll see you Wednesday night.